This week we're talking about words of power, why we let our kids cuss, and you should too. Let's fucking go. Welcome to the Derek's Live, the podcast for badass parents. I want to welcome all the badass moms and dads who are listening out there. My name is Sean. I'm here with my beautiful wife and co-host, Emily. Hey, Emily. How you doing? I am present. Present. <laughs> Got to get a little bit head headbanging in before bedtime tonight. Oh, it's been a good week. It's Tuesday. It's Tuesday. <laughs> It's not Friday yet. Oh, man. Well, we got three more days left to fucking crush it, though. So there's more days to win than there is to lose. And that's all that's important. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. So we've had a great week this week. We're we're looking at another uh, hurricane slash tropical (laughs) tropical storm slash Florida afternoon thunderstorm. I don't know. I, I say that we don't get a big effect as far inland as we are but there are people who are going to have some some pain from this thing so not to discredit that but we don't know what's happening with any storm ever ever you don't know until it's hitting that that's where it's going to hit so So. fun stuff fun stuff (laughs) election night yep yep so i hope you went and voted today however you voted um we don't we're we're very political people but this is not the the place for that i don't think maybe it is do you guys like politics who wants if if you like politics let us know in the comments um i don't know that's everybody keeps asking me to talk about politics but i'm like no no you don't really want to hear what i have to say you want to hear what you want to think or you want to me to say i just get so heated i think most of it is to keep me calm so so we're not unhappy with the way our state went. Not unhappy with the way that our state went tonight. <laughs> Things are going good here in the Sunshine State. Um, I haven't looked at local elections yet, which is really, really important. Yeah, and so um, that that's is, the scary part because yeah. we live in a we live in a very contradictory county. Yeah. We'll leave it at that. All right, on to our subject tonight. Not to get too political. Words of power. Words of fucking power. So this one's gonna have a lot of. Uh, a lot of the the dirty stuff in it, so uh, we're we're gonna try, try no more than usual, I suppose. Um, but we're not going out of our way, no. So, but but people have asked us about this so much. This is the yeah. one question um, that we get a lot. Yeah, and so people keep saying, "Well, why why are you cussing? When did this start? What? Why do your kids cuss? Mm-hmm. Ha, or why are you okay with your kids cussing?" Um, it's a uh, it's a hot topic in the Derek household. My our family hates it, like despises it. If you're listening to this, mom, I'm sorry. I really do love you, but it, it is what it is. I mean, it isn't. It is. 
it's powerful. Yeah. And so there's there's a lot of reasoning and a lot of thought that has went into us for into this for us. We've had a lot of discussion um, about it. Well, and it dates back prior to podcasting. Yeah, it dates way back way prior back. to even having little children and big children. Like we've kind of had to adjust our standpoint on some things because we kind of did things just for the sake of doing things and not really understanding why. Yeah. Well, I think, I think like it's kind of, if you think about it, it's a product of our school system to start with. Oh, very much so. Um, But we, we try to, we're taught from a very young age that we have to conform to this standard and this norm. Um, All the meanwhile, Everybody is living in these deep, dark places in their private time that are very contradictory to what they are on the surface a lot yeah. of times. Um, and that's just, that's not to call anybody out. That's just, oh, well, it's that, everybody. It's everybody. It's not just we're not, one person. If you feel like we're singling you out, yeah. just realize that it's not you, it's yeah. everybody. Uh, you are not alone in your in your darkness no i I love um tim grover calls it the dark side like everybody's got this dark side that they tuck away and they hide and they thrive on it sometimes but it's it's this really weird standard that we have in society that you're not supposed to cuss well, and I think we hold our children much higher to it than we even hold ourselves to. Oh, yeah. Your teacher ingrained it in you. Yeah. Your parents ingrained it in you. I know that we struggled with it with our, our. Uh, she's now seven, but when she was in kindergarten, that was a big sore oh, subject yes. because her teacher did not like it. Mrs. And C calling like two or three times a week. Oh and I'm gosh. like, listen, like, it's just not like, call well, me. Did she hurt somebody? Yeah, No. No. She didn't hurt anybody. Call me when something's like impacted. You've got a kid in your class dressed like a Furby. I'm, I'm not <laughs> telling you. Like my kid can cuss if she wants to cuss. So, <laughs> it, she did it in context. Like we're proud of her. <laughs> so, but Emily, did were you? I think like if you're like most kids, when you grow up, and there's this standard that in the in the in the spotlight when we're in class and all the grownups are around, everybody's like. Like no cussing, yeah. but the minute the grownups are gone, when you're a kid, it's like a fucking free for all. It was different for us because we were homeschooled. Okay, um, so if we didn't get a lot of that, like lack of grown up time, that was like our friends. Mm-hmm. But like in our household, I think that especially my brother and I early on, like we came to this understanding, like listen, you and I can cuss, but nobody else can hear us cuss because there was. There was this hot sauce, and so <laughs> when we got the caught, <laughs> when we got caught using a select, uh, you know, verbiage in the household that mom or dad could hear, we got uh, a couple of drops of this scorned woman hot sauce, and that you didn't want to mess with that stuff. So, um, but I, I think you're right. Like if if there wasn't anybody around to hear, it was a free for all, and it, you know, my my little brother. Um, had a little friend out that lived out back and their favorite thing to do, I think was just scream cuss words off the dock <laughs> in the backyard <laughs> while they fished. Like how long can we make it echo? <laughs> like, how loud can the word shit 
yes. reverberate <laughs> through nature. And, you know, I think there's yeah. just something absolutely hysterical if you're under the age of 10 about any word that has to do with a bodily function. Like, did, you ever, did you ever play the penis game when you were yes. a kid? And yes. like, like one person would whisper penis and the next person would have to say it louder, louder. And the next person a little bit louder. Before you know it, like some dickhead was like just yelling penis at the top of his lungs. <laughs> But like, like words have a lot of power, yeah. right? And so I think as a child or as a kid, you almost feel like this power yeah. that's addressed just because it's a taboo. Yeah. And just because we make it a taboo, even right. most of the time understanding why, why? it's a taboo. Yeah. Um, and so we have all these preconceived notions about cussing simply because of the way that a grown up felt about it when mm-hmm. we were kids. Yeah. And so it's, it's really this crazy thing. And I, I know one of the things for me is, is people have asked, well, like you used to be a preacher. You used to like, you used to like preach on Sundays and now, now you're this totally different person. And the reality is that it's, it's not. really not like, I'm still, I'm still me. The, the reality is that like, even when I was preaching, I had to be purposeful not to use like foul language on the stage. And and a lot of times I I failed that. Like I dropped, like I'd say shit and bitch and like it wasn't common, but there were times that it slipped. Yeah. Because in my head, when I'm verbalizing this, this, this speech in my head, it just sounds that way. Well, and it, you emphasize certain things like you want that you want to catch somebody's attention. You want to draw them back in. And that does that. Well, it's, it's a, it's a gravitational, like they Mm -hmm. have, there's, there's a lot of power in a lot of the words that you use and there's emotions that are tied to it. And you can pull those out of people when you're, you're speaking. Um, there's a lot of psychology behind it, but, but I say that to say that like, I really, in, in being my authentic self, um, have abandoned the need to, to cater to that, to people. And that's really what it's about is just being yourself at the end of the day. And, and listen, like we're not, we talked about this earlier. There's, there's not really a, um, we're not motivating people to go out and find a reason to cuss. Like if that's not who you are, that's okay. Yeah. We're not asking you to change yourself. No, don't don't go change just because, and, and listen, there is actually some science and we're going to talk about that here shortly that supports, um, reasons you should cuss, but, but if that's contra- contradictory to who you are at your core, that's okay. Yeah. We're not asking you to be anything that you're not. Um, we just want you not to judge. I really don't even care if you judge us. We want you to understand the why. Right. Um, and you can take or do with it whatever you want. Well, and I think that knowledge is power. And sure. a lot of times we have these preconceived notions that we believe certainly. And like I've said, we've kind of had to adjust how we parent because when we stood back and looked at, okay, mm-hmm. why are we doing the things that we're doing? The logic and like the actual data didn't match up with what we were teaching. Yeah. And so it took us kind of stepping back and be like, hey, you know what? We're wrong. Let's fix this. And so I think that as a culture and, you know, what we want to at least express with our, with, with you guys is that sometimes it, you have to kind of look outside the box and you have to look for answers. You can't just believe something because somebody said so. 
you have to kind of look at all of the different answers and then kind of come to a conclusion on your own. But that in all of that, there isn't judgment for somebody else along the way. Mm-hmm. Like just because you believe one way doesn't mean that that's right or wrong. That might be the right thing for your family, but you don't know where someone else is at. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think that we, we all have this ability to do what's right for ourselves yeah. and what's right for the Derek family. It might not be right for the Smith family or the Joneses. Um, and then that's okay. But, but just because you have this preconceived notion doesn't mean that we're wrong. Right. It doesn't mean that you're wrong. Right. It just means that we have different perspectives and sometimes sharing those perspectives with one another allows you to come together and, and form a new perspective. Mm-hmm. That's, that's maybe a little bit closer to the center. I think if we could all do a little bit of that, our country would be in a lot better fucking place. <laughs> um, not to get too political, but no, but I, I think that that's exactly right. That, you know, just having a conversation mm-hmm. instead of just shutting someone out, having that conversation and, and expressing your why means yeah. makes all the difference. So much, much respect to the few people who have asked us this and, and yes. asked us to explain it and not just had these, uh, these shutdowns and right. preconceived notes. Like we got family that won't even listen to the podcast or hit the like button on a comment because of the way that we talk. Um, and they won't support this be- simply because of that. And uh, thank you for hanging on and being able to see past that and being able to engage in some conversation. It means a lot for sure. Like a whole bunch. Yeah. No joke. So, so and one of the things that we've kind of come to understand in all of this, that in using our language um, in the way that we use it, it really allows us to become the most authentic, most honest version of ourselves. And that was one of the driving forces in having this conversation, especially, I mean, we even talked about, you know, is it something that we want to broach on our podcast? Is it something that we want to broach at all? Um, And we realized that it really is important. Like this is a conversation that a culture, we really need to understand and have, and at least have the information so we can make a decision. Yeah. And I mean, listen, this is, this is something, the authentic part of this is really a big part of it for us. Um, we're, we're going to get into the, the foundational of the why, but the root of it is just being ourself and it comes at a cost. Honestly, it does. And, and we're okay with that. Um, I, I was doing some research on statistics and like, when your podcast is, is marketed as explicit, which we have to be because mm-hmm. of our language, um, it, it drops your advertising ability by like 80%. Yeah. Um, and, and that's, I mean, if, if we, we ever think that we're going to be able to support ourselves with this, that's a, that's an impact. Right. Right. Um, but the reality is that we're not going to not be true to who we are. Uh, I don't care what it costs us. Like, I don't ever want a fucking advertiser on here that's going to s- dictate or say what we could or couldn't say. Um, and I'm willing to pay that cost. Right. So I think that, that at the end of the day, um, there's there's a lot of opinions about the subject, but not everybody's right. Not everybody's wrong. There's, there's a middle ground. Mm-hmm. And so I think if we can... We can broach some of that stuff. So let's dig in. So I think one of the the harder questions is why does it bother you? Oh, for sure. And I I think that's at the root of the conversation. Like why, why does it, like when someone says, 
like fuck why why does this why is there this thing in you that it it tugs at and i think you need to look kind of personal at your own story but for a lot of us especially in at least in our circle now a lot of that stems from growing up in church or being exposed mm-hmm. to that um lifestyle in a church where everything you it wasn't even just language it was everything you did you had to wear the right clothes you had to say the right things you had to you know sit still and sit upright and oh my gosh if god forbid a cuss word slipped out of your mouth like the whole church would shut down well i think it's a lot of it's um you talked about this um and as we were studying the puritan culture and it's really Mm -hmm. an american foundational thing Um, that a lot of our belief system is based on a Puritan culture. And I think we're moving further and further away from that, which, um, you know, you have, you have opinions about, but there's, there's these things that we've construed and kind of poked at and made fit an agenda. That's not always like a biblical agenda. Um, you know, and so we, we've, we have a lot of those foundational things in church simply because there was somebody in the lineage of religion that said, Hey, this is how I want this to be viewed. Right. And so there are, there are several scriptures out there that have people have kind of used to defend using foul language. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you look down at the root of them and when you actually read them in the context that they're written, it doesn't ever, well, first off, it doesn't ever spe- specify a, a word or a set of words because one, they didn't speak English. And two, the words that we use now that we consider foul language weren't foul a hundred years well, ago. Some, most of them didn't even exist in biblical times. No. So like, there's no way to even correlate the two in most circumstances. Well, and I think like one of the scriptures we hear quoted a lot is Ephesians 4.29. And uh, in the New Living, it says, don't, don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be encouragement to those who hear them. So, and this is like my favorite saying in the whole wide world. It's not what you say, it's how you you say say it. it. It's what you mean when you say it. So if I said, oh my God, that's fucking amazing. That's encouraging, right? I'm not tearing anybody down by the words that Mm -hmm. I said. But if I called you, oh my gosh, you're the absolute epitome of a donkey's bottom. I didn't say a foul word, but no, you but prob- that was a lot worse than what you <laughs> fucking said to me the first time, you bitch. <laughs> it's what you mean. Yeah. Your word it's not what you say. The words themselves really are just words. It's how you use them that gives them the power that they have. Well, and I think you don't get to cherry pick either, right? right. Like you don't get to decide that, oh, this word is not good, but this word is, this word's a gray area, so it's okay. Yeah. Well, and like our favorite thing in church, oh, fudge or, oh, sugar muffin or like. You make up like some bullshit phrase or substitute to justify your thought. And, and it's, there's no difference. And it, listen, basically the, the root of that scripture, what that word verse is saying is that you should be building things up and not tearing things down. Right. Right. And, I don't know about you, but there's a lot of shit that's said to people that tears them down in church and and in life, not just in a religious aspect. So, like your your idea is that hey, 
this is not okay because of this scripture. Well, what you said about Sister Betty ain't okay either. Right. It's the same fucking thing. Right. And so you don't get to say one doesn't work for you and the other one's okay. So, and that's hard, right? We don't, we don't typically like to have that condemnation and like recognizing mm-hmm. where our weaknesses are. Um, but it, it really is. I think that in a lot of our life, we cherry pick what we like and what we don't like to fit who we think people want us to be. Mm-hmm. And the reality is you're, you're making this facade and all you're doing is tearing yourself down in the process. And most of the people that are like looking for this person really don't care about you. But when somebody truly sees who you are, it doesn't matter the language that you use or if you're wearing sweatpants or jeans or a three-piece suit, they see you and all of the authentic that is you. But the moment that you try and start covering all of that up, you're not ever allowing anybody to come in close enough to get to know the real you. And so not only are you missing out, but all of the people in your life are missing out on the value that you bring to it to an environment. Yeah. Well, and, and so there's, there's this dilution that goes on, right? Because you're, you're not really who you're pretending to be. And, and the reality is, is that everybody else that you're around that's pretending not to cuss, they fucking cuss. Like it's not, they're, they're, I would say that 70% of the people in the world are closet cussers and the other 30% are closet fake cussers (laughs) (laughs) so like i i have heard some amazing men of god drop the Mm f-bomb right and they most of them would never do it from stage but i have heard some amazing men of god say some pretty shitty things to their fucking wives behind Mm -hmm. closed doors too yeah there's no difference there's no difference and so I think that scripturally and contextually, if you really look at all of the scripture, the root of that is we should be building people and not tearing people down. And so what we teach our children is that you don't get to use words, cuss words or regular words words to hurt people, right? You don't get to say, hey, you're fucking stupid or hey, you're stupid or hey, you're not very intelligent. They're all the same thing. There's no difference. And Side note, we don't even let them say that about themselves. Or themselves. Like, what they say has power. And any version of that sentence is still not okay. We build up, we don't tear down. And that's the the value that we're instilling in our children, all of our children, and each other. Absolutely. And so, like, at, at, the, at the end of the day, their words move them forward or take them back Mm -hmm. and teaching them and and teaching yourself that the things you say have consequence and knowing there's a time and a place is important too. Like when you're, you know, in, in the middle of, you know, I don't know, give me an example, but there's a, there's a time and a place. Well, I think you you need to know your audience and your environment. And just because you say certain things in one setting doesn't mean that you're changing who you are. But like if I were going for an interview, I might not talk the same as I would to my five-year-old sitting on the couch. Sure. So, and it cussing or not cussing, it's still not the same language. I, I would use a different, everything is different because my audience is different. And so recognizing where you're at and who you're talking to, I think also adds value to the, what mm-hmm. you're actually saying. So recognizing where you're at, but then in the same context, but 
don't lose yourself in it. If you have to break yourself to fit some mold, you're probably not where you're supposed to be. That's good. That's good shit. So, I I mean, and that's hard because a lot of us want so desperately to fit in. Mm -hmm. You want to be the girls that wear pink on Wednesdays, right? Or the football jock that has the letter on his jacket. You want to be the, the group that fits the mold. Mm-hmm. But the reality is if you're breaking yourself so much that you can't look in the mirror and recognize who you're looking at, you've gone too far. Yeah. So it's more than just fitting a, a situation for a moment. You're breaking off your identity. And that's where that's where you have to draw the line. So, and scientifically, there's a lot of studies that support cussing. Yeah. I mean, a lot of studies. Yeah. So we, every single study that's ever been done to see if cussing is, gives you an advantage in life supports cussing. And a lot of them started off to kind of prove the opposite, yeah. right? They wanted to show, because yep. I mean, how many times have you heard out there oh, that if you cuss that you're, you're unintelligent because you can't think of a, a better use of words. Yeah. I was thinking about as we were thinking of talking about this is uh, you remember Will Smith when he started rapping like as atrocious as it was about, and he would, he, he never cussed That's right. because grandma and he'd always say that grandma or mom told him that like smart people don't have to use cuss words. Mm-hmm. And 25 years later, that motherfucker's <laughs> slapping people on stage. <laughs> I just, the irony in that, um, yeah, grandma told you to keep your goddamn hands to yourself too. But like, I just don't, anyway, I digress. <laughs> <laughs> so, but we, we dare you, if you're interested in this at all, please go look. This is not stuff that we've really had to like dig for. This is very common knowledge, um, especially in the neuroscientific community. But if you Google like science of cussing or like any just cussing and science or data studies, like there are umpteen hundred thousand. Like there's just there's a Harvard study. Uh, yeah, Harvard, Cambridge, Oxford. Like yeah. it, there are some like several schools in New Jersey, um, Massachusetts, all and then abroad, all over. So they're actually studying it um, cross culturally, so they can understand how um, foul language actually. Um, goes across language barriers and so like so much so that they actually studied monkeys that learned sign language and then self-taught their sign language they actually watch these monkeys associate foul and like potty language because they taught the monkeys to go to the bathroom uh-huh. but then they actually like the monkeys and the trainers realized that certain words were taboo well those monkeys later on had babies and taught the babies that those words were taboo and they used them emotionally not just physically like this it wasn't that's just potty crazy. they were teaching their young that like oh that's potty language and the the mommy apes were actually teaching the baby apes the difference between emotional so they were and passing physical. on mm-hmm. that's really crazy physical traits of yeah. of potty language that's really cool so, and so sorry, like, no, no, I'm a nerd. Emily loves like she's I've been she's, studying data for weeks. Anytime I need to know something about a subject, I'm like, hey, can you do some research? And Emily will get you the best fucking research there is. So, <laughs> I love numbers. <laughs> Give me so data. My favorite, though, is the the Kiel University study about pain tolerance. Yeah. 
Um, you know, so they did this study and in the study, they, they found that only traditional swear words when, when used during moments of pain actually increased the pain tolerance of an individual. So how did, how did they do this study? Emily? So this was a really cool one. This is one you can actually do at home. Um, but the level of swear word actually increased the tolerance of pain. And so what they did was they filled buckets with ice water. And if you picked a non like a, a, descriptive ad, a descriptive adjective word, so something that you would use to describe a table, so brown, tall, flat, uh-huh. um, or a cuss word. And so they chose a list from three cuss words that they ranked as the top. And I think they were um, fuck, shit, and... I want to say damn it, but I don't think that was So right. they had like a placebo word yeah. and an actual cuss word. And then they actually, so they did it once with no word and then once with the placebo word and then once with the actual cuss word. And the studies like jumped from, so like without anything or with the flat word, it was basically the same. They were around a minute, um, between a minute and a minute and a half, depending on male or female. And what were they trying to, they had to do, what did they have to do? They had to keep their hand buried in the ice in water. In the ice water, Okay. So, um, for most people, it was about a minute to a minute and a half. So women usually last about a minute and males lasted a little bit longer, anywhere between a minute and 15 and a minute and 30. Um, so then they took it out and then they reset and then they could use one of the three words and they could scream it, yell it, or talk it over and over repeatedly. And they actually almost tripled their score. So most of them were reaching two and a half to three. Just by cussing. Just by cussing. And one word, not repeated words, not like a sentence, just one word. And they duplicated that study in the Keele University, which is in the UK, but then they brought it over to the US and they did the same study and the results were almost identical. Well, and then they did one about physical strength too. Right. So this same university, Keele, actually every year they do some, there's a professor there that has, this is his research. He's got like data. a fascination right. with a Ford fuck or something. And he's like, so, oh, well, whatever it I is. I can use it. <laughs> well, but he has surrounded himself with all of these research students yeah. that are now pro- like progressing his studies. And mm-hmm. so each year they have this, I mean, just an immense amount of data that they collect about the science of cussing. And so the following year, after the ice bucket, they did a strength challenge. And so they did this thing where you actually held yourself up on the arms of your chair Mm -hmm. and the same idea. So you have a placebo word and then the cuss word and your strength actually increased by yelling or screaming a cuss word versus yelling or screaming a placebo word. And it didn't matter what the placebo word was it. And even like, this is kind of silly. This is kind of crazy to me because like, even like, the powerful, like the I am statements, I am strong, I can do this, I can do this. That didn't have as much of an effect as just a single cuss word repeated over and over Mm -hmm. again. So not only does it give you a mental edge in having a higher pain tolerance, but it literally gives you a physical edge in the amount of strength you can exert. Yeah. So that's, that's pretty astonishing that a word, and it really speaks to, I think, to the power of the mind. Yeah. And, and what, so why do you think that is? Like, well, statistically, data. Um, so foul language actually sits in a different part of the brain than our like our verbal language that we use. Um, and so if you've ever studied somebody that lost their language because of a stroke, mm-hmm. um, there's some really cool studies out there that talk about 
um, people that learned to talk again because they started to sing and they could sing their sentences. Well, because singing is in a different part of the brain than talking. And even though there's still a verbal connection, it's left hemisphere versus right hemisphere. And so when we cuss, we actually use a separate part of the brain that's more emotional. It's more primal. It's part of that, um, the amygdala. So that part of the brain that's really dates back before we were human. <laughs> the, the Neanderthal genes. Yeah. So if you have that Neanderthal DNA, if you ever did your, you know, 23 and me and I got some Neanderthal. <laughs> so that amygdala, that part of the brain that is more primal, that's where that language sits. And so there is actually, it, it, hits our body differently because it uses a different part of the brain. So I know one study almost equated it to or compared it to like a roar. Mm-hmm. And it's it's very much like it's the same part of the brain in an animal, that a, in a, a human, that, that a roar originates from, that when we cuss, it activates that same area of the brain. Right. And so it, it really emits a lot of emotion and character in our our body language and everything. So, and it's kind of interesting because one of the studies actually brings up like it's our almost innate reaction to cuss. Like if you ever stub your toe in the middle of the night, oh damn it! <laughs> like your innate response yeah. is a cuss word. Like because there is a part of our brain that knows that somehow, some way, that helps. Yeah, we don't scream, "Oh, chocolate muffins!" We scream, "God damn it!" <laughs> And even your two-year-old, without any sense of anything, does the same thing because there is something primal about, you know, these words of power. They really do make a difference. And when you use them properly, it really does change how and what you do and how you say it. So it's something really interesting, and they're still doing studies. Um, You know, it's still very much a taboo, so it doesn't hit the front page as much as it probably should. Yeah. Well, it's, I think it's becoming much more mainstream. And, and I think the data is helping. Is helping. And I think what we see is when you when you look at people who are highly successful in life, yeah. the numbers overwhelmingly point to the fact that they're, they cuss in large percentages. And I think that that really goes back to that su- successful people are authentic people. Right. And authentic people don't give a fuck what you think about them. Yeah. And so I, I, it's, it's really more than just cussing. I think cussing is part of it, but it really comes back down to just being true to yourself and not compromising because somebody doesn't like it. So, and that's, you know, for us, it's, it's interesting because we homeschool, so we don't have this outside influence that says every day you're not allowed to cuss these, you know, you're not allowed to use that language. Mm -hmm. So it really there are days that nobody cusses, but there are days that everybody, cuss a lot. everybody cusses. And it's, we are very mindful to use it in a way that encourages and builds up or is funny, but not in a way that tears down. Yeah. So, and, and there is actually another study that actually talks about the, the health benefits and the psychological benefits for like your mental psyche and even like your physical health, like cancer patients were using cussing as a way to basically vent. And it was like an antidepressant. Mm-hmm. And so it does, it helps heal the mind from the thing, the outer things that are going on. And so when we're raising our children, we're trying to be very cognizant of the, like, listen, 
there's not things that you can't do. Everything is there for you to do, but you have to learn how to use what you have as a skill to encourage yourself and to encourage everybody around you. And when you hear a five-year-old scream at her sister, that was fucking amazing. Your first reaction is, oh my God, go to timeout. You're like, no, that was fucking amazing. I'm so proud of you. (laughs) Because she was so excited to see her sister succeed at something that the language was, it meant more. Like it wasn't just amazing. It was yeah. fucking amazing. And she it, was able it to express It gives it a different that. connotation, yeah. doesn't it? Like it, it gives it something extra that yeah. it didn't have before. Um, but, but going back to, you were talking about people using cuss words and, and I, I just had a brain fart of where I was even going with that comment. But it's, it's really... I think it, it, at the end of the day, it all goes back to authenticity, Yeah. right? Because we, you were talking about the mental benefits right. of it and, and how, like, if you look at the studies, a lot of the studies show um, trends in depression and how um, mental health is tied to people who cuss, like yeah. people who, who cuss more tend to be less depressed. Correct. And so... But I think that again, the goes correlation back to, isn't necessarily to cussing, but it's being authentic. authentic it's right? about being because, real. Because if you're real and you genuinely don't give a fuck what someone thinks about what you say, then you tend to be a little more emotionally healthy, yes. mentally healthy. Um, but there's a lot of really cool studies that that tend to show that people who are more trustworthy and more um, honest cuss more too. Actually, that was a really interesting study because it was like, it was a a large number, like 80% showed that in their trustworthiness that when you use curse words in a, in a specific way, that it increased your trustworthiness and your honesty in such a way that it like, even like political speeches, that there were certain things that if you used a cuss word in the right way, yeah, it made it seem that much more powerful. Like, oh my God, that person really is that trustworthy. Well, and like, like you'll hear there's a, uh, a lot of presidents will even mm-hmm. drop like a damn it or, you know, something like that in a speech. And it, there's an emotional tie there for people when they're listening. Well, and that's intentional. You have yeah. like, you have to know that if, if it makes it to a presidential speech, 99% of the time it was planned and it's, yeah. it's planned because they know the power that it holds and it draws your attention. Because if you're, tr- if your brain is falling off, one word like that will pull you back, back in, in like instantly. Yeah. So, uh, but a study that we actually looked at that was kind of alarming, um, just because it kind of, went the other way there is such a powerful healing that comes in using language that makes you feel better and so when you're sick or when you're dealing with emotional health issues um it's not uncommon to cuss a little more and it again it goes back to that innate ability to your body just kind of knows what it needs but sometimes everybody else around you kind of misses it. And so if you've ever been around a a moody teenager and all of a sudden they start dropping a couple more cuss words, dropping the F bomb and being like really moody and saying things out of character, the parent in us, especially the parent that's trying to keep all of the ducks in a row, right? All we see is 
why are you using this foul language? You're so terrible. Go to your room. Consequence, punishment. This is not how I raised you. Yeah. And the reality is what's going on psychologically, that that language is actually really a cry for help. It's a tie to emotion. Right. And so what's going on is there's all of these new emotions and the brain is trying to make sense of it. So the, the words are actually trying to help that that individual really makes sense of who where they're at. Well, I think you ever think about like um, if you're worked out and you get into a like a cadence mm-hmm. in your workout, and it there's a physical energy that gets emitted um, that it's very therapeutic mm-hmm. when you're dealing with like if if you're ever like trying to clear your head and you're you're just mentally or even emotionally just just fucked and you get into the gym and you start picking up something heavy there's there's a pain that your body feels in those moments and you get in a cadence and a a rep and you just you can push because of the emotion that's tied to that Mm -hmm. and our words are the same way right it's it's what you're talking about is very much the the verbal an emotional equivalent of that workout cadence that you get in when you're, you're on a bike or you're on the jog or you're, you're lifting. So this book that we're reading, or um, I, I'm going to mispronounce her name, Emma Barn, I think B Y R N E. And the book is called swearing is good for you. And she's a, she's a uh, data analyst, neuroscientist. Mm-hmm. And so all she does is she collects data and makes sense of it. And then she writes books. Um, but she was doing this study on how cursing and cussing um, was helping cancer patients. And what she found was, specifically with women, that when a woman was cussing because she, was, she had cancer, and so she would cuss about her cancer, you know, this fucking sucks, or even just language that was not harmful. Like, how do we, you know, how do we get this shit done? Um, it wasn't aimed at a person. It wasn't even really aimed at her cancer. It was just language. What they found was in, in women more so than men is that a lot of those women actually lost friends and lost communication because they were cussing more during their bouts with cancer. Um, and what she said was, and it kind of just stopped me, there are circumstances that swearing might help a person who is coping with something that is really painful, both emotionally and physically. If you hear swearing, don't pull away. And so it reminded me of having teenagers in the house. Yeah. And all of a sudden, like, out of nowhere, everybody just starts cussing, like, whoa, what is going on here? I'm like, we weren't cussing yesterday. Now everybody's cussing today. What's going on? And there really is an emotional tie to it. And so... As a parent, as a friend, as somebody who wants to help other people, if you hear someone start cussing, probably more than they used to, have the opportunity to have a conversation. Don't just pull away because you don't like that mm. or you don't like that type of language. There's probably something else going on that you pulling away would only exasperate. Well, especially if it's out of character for that person, Correct. right? Like if you're, if you're around somebody who is, that's just who they are, that's, that's less alarming. Right. But if you're, you're around somebody who is, it's out of, that's out of character for them, then, then that's when this applies. Right. So, so, so looking at that focus, Emily, like, you know, you mentioned that like we were with our, 
with our kids, we were kind of like shocked when that started happening and it, we were, it revealed that we, there was some emotion going on. Right. Um, so if you can guess, like our, our thought process on this has changed. This isn't how very we've always so. felt. Right. Um, and we have a very unique situation. We have six children, if you don't know. Um, and so we have three older children who we adopted and they're teenagers. And then we have three younger children who are still at home. And so of the, the, the older children, we were, it's really like having two different families yeah. sometimes. It's kind of weird. Um, and our kids would tell you the same thing that like, we've got this, this big family that's has very different upbringings. Yeah. Um, and I think our older kids are kind of jealous sometimes <laughs> like, Oh, you guys don't know how they easy you have the it. <laughs> so, but we didn't like, we didn't have this viewpoint with our older kids. It was very taboo. And we were like, no, 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 no. Because we were fighting this, the stigma that we were trying to live up to ourselves. Right. Um, and that's shifted with our children now. So we get this question a lot. Like some, like we had someone ask the other day, like, Hey, why do you talk like this? Don't you want your children to not like to be respectful and to, to, to talk like society talks. And my answer was like, no, no, that's not what I want at all. I want them to be themselves. Right. Like they don't have to talk like me, but I want them to be themselves. And I suppose that we're, products of our parents so they're probably going to talk like us except are we i mean i would say language wise especially yeah i mean i I think to a we have the ability to decide who we want to be but i think largely in part we we even if we don't want to admit it we draw a lot of fucking character traits from mom and dad yeah right um and and so we have the ability to change those things as we form our own opinions and um have our own viewpoints on the world, but at the root of our personalities, I think we can see a lot yeah. of our parents. And so I, I believe our kids cuss now. So I think that that will probably be something that <laughs> they carry into adulthood. Um, and proudly so like, I'm not ashamed of that. No. You're, you're mistaken if that's what you think I should feel um, or we should feel. But so Emily, what do you, what do you think was like the, the catalyst for that? Well, I mean, again, for me, it's data, right? Yeah. If, if there is a tool out there, regardless of what the tool is, if there's a tool that gives our children an edge, it gives them a little bit of extra strength. It gives them a little bit of extra mental power. It gives them anything that's an edge above anybody else. Mm-hmm. I want to train them to use that tool properly. And so for this, this language, especially I want them to use words of power. I want them to be able to build things up and not tear them down. And that takes time and training because I think our inner being, our, we really want to tear things down. Like the little kid that stomps on the blocks, like our, our innate sense is, yeah. no, we need to break that. And so as parents, it takes a lot of training and a lot of shaping and molding in a calm way that it's not the end of the world if you slip up but we need to recognize that these words do have power and you have to use them like a superpower and not a supervillain. Right. Cause you can use them horribly. Like you can really misuse your language and it doesn't just end with four letter words. Right. right. There are, there are things in your life that people have said to you that you remember yeah. because they fucking hurt. Right. And there wasn't always a four letter word tied to those things. Probably most of the, most time, of the time there wasn't a four letter word tied to those things. So, what what you say matters and so our focus with our children is not hey don't say don't say this word because other people have an idea about it say what you feel however 
you don't get to hurt people with what you say. And so like we talked about earlier, we're very, very purposeful to, to say, Hey, we're, we're not going to say that about that person, or we're not going to say that about ourselves. You're, you're not allowed to, to talk like that. You can't think like that. And controlling that is what's important. Them understanding that, Hey, what I say can change the world. And if I'm going to add value, I need to build, not, not break. So, and it, you know, it really does start at home. So find those values for your family, Mm -hmm. whatever they are. And you don't have to agree with us. We just want to expose you to the, to the data that we have and the, the experience that we've learned over the years. Like Sean said, we have a very unique perspective on this because we did the teenage years first and we started yeah. over at birth. <laughs> Most people don't get a chance to see that perspective. And we raised three teenagers from like 11, 12 up into adulthood and, and then started over with babies. So we do have a very unique perspective and we didn't get it right. Well, and I think on top of that, a lot of our ministry focus in the years we spent in ministry was, was in student ministry student with ministry. With kids from elementary all the way through high school, yeah. um, and so we've we've really had the pleasure of parenting hundreds of children um, in a loose capacity. Yeah. Um, so we've got a really unique perspective on some of these things. And, and listen, like you cuss, you just don't want to admit it, but you cuss. You're lying to the world if you say you don't. And you probably don't like it when you cuss. It probably makes you feel like you got to go pray and ask for forgiveness. But you do it. Everybody does. I have, like I said, I have heard amazing men of God drop an F-bomb. We're not perfect. Nobody's perfect. But does a word make you imperfect? And I I, I don't believe that it does. Um, I don't believe that there's a foundation for that anywhere in the in the word of God. And so at the end of the day, we're adding and we're not taking away. And that's what's important to us. And that's the value that we're instilling in our children. So um, if you're joining us now, we would love to invite you back to listen to uh, our family non-negotiables because we talk a little bit about this this idea of building value. Mm -hmm. And, and we break down our family non-negotiables. And this was kind of a bonus episode on that. This is an extra value. It's not part of our non-negotiables that's on our wall. Um, but it's something that's instilled in our children, in our family, and in ourselves yeah. um, that we really live out every day. And it, it it is very apparent because we do get this question a lot. And not just from the podcast, but like even at the playground, like this is just, we are yeah. who you see here is really who we are. This is all the time <laughs> and it's crazy and it's chaos and it's funny, probably way more than it should be, but this is, we are who we are. This is it. Um, what you see is what you get. And if you were to catch us at the playground, it would be very much the same interaction most of the time. Yeah. Um, so, but in saying that, if you're just joining us now, please go back and listen to those non-negotiables. They really form the foundation of who we are and where we stand. Um, and we invite you to kind of learn with us as we go and, and follow us on this journey. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're just trying to be better parents than we were yesterday. That's all we're trying to be. Yeah. Um, our kids deserve to be 
to have the best parents we can be for them. And and that's what this is about. And so we, we uh, are encouraged that you're here. We thank you for listening. Um, make sure you like and subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on. Um, do us a favor and hit a five-star review for us. Um, when you get you start getting those reviews, it pushes you up in the rankings and you get more people that are showing or it shows more people the podcast. You get more listens and it really helps us. So we also got a new website say, that's yeah. up. Um, you can visit the brand new website at www.thederrickslive.com. Uh, make sure you check out the swag store. We got some cool merch on there. Um, get your uh, your Derek's Live t-shirt, your badass parents, and badass in the making for your kids. We order shirts for all the kids. And then your Jesus fucking loves you shirts and coffee cups are on there too. Um, so support those at the office and, and take pictures. If uh, if you, I'll do this. If, if anybody, the first person that, that sends me a picture of their Jesus fucking loves you coffee cup at work, I'll send you a free t-shirt. All right. So if you're listening to this, order your coffee cup and then send me a picture while you're at work. I'll, I'll order you any t-shirt you want off the website and send it to you. So. First person. And uh, I'll, uh, I'll announce it on, on the Facebook page. So um, the website again is thederickslive.com. Um, you can actually go there to find all the podcast episodes as well. So if you need help finding us on any of the platforms, there's a link there to find us there. So we're on yeah. Spotify and Apple podcasts, Amazon, Amazon, Google, all the places, all the places, um, and YouTube. So you can yeah. still watch us on YouTube if that's your thing. Um, and we just, we're so thankful that you're following along with us and on this journey and just here for the ride. Yeah. So guys, thanks for getting through this one. Um, if you have any questions about this, you can hit us up at uh, the Derek's live at gmail.com. Uh, get in the inbox and let us know. And uh, we thanks for, thanks for being here. Remember that uh, Jesus fucking loves you. Also, don't forget about the voicemail. You can still call in and leave your, how the non-negotiables oh, yeah. are affecting your life at home on the Derek's live voicemail. I'm trying to pull the number up real quick. Do you have it handy? Mm-mm. Sorry. You're so unprepared. You can bring it up and then not have it. So man, sorry. you're killing me. So we got to Man, Emily gets a she, she, she gets should. a strike for this one. Okay. You're going to get a spanking right. later. Okay, so voicemail 352-327-8046 and you can call in and leave how the non-negotiables are affecting your life. Um and we'll play it on the air. So Jesus fucking loves you. Fuck your excuses. Have a good night, guys.